Welcome back to another episode of One Groove Low. Uh, this is D-May. Um, looking forward to our show today. We've got a couple of great guests that we'll get to in a second. First of all, I want to start out by wishing everybody a happy new year. Hope your holidays were well and 2024 is off to a great start. A lot of great things happening here with us. Um, the Unknown Golf Team is getting ready to go to the PGA show here in a few weeks, so we'll be talking about that um, coming up very soon, um, as well as we just had some incredibly exciting rollouts that just happened. I know J-Dub and I will be talking about some of those in more in-depth here in a uh, another episode, but we did have some things like adding some new side games to the platform, where, uh, such as Vegas, Banker, Dots and Trash, things like that. I know that's been heavily requested. Um, GPS is obviously out. Green Maps are out. Um, you can now track all your stats. We also offered a new feature to um, settle up on Venmo in your side games. A lot of cool things we're really excited about, so please check those out. Um, if you're not familiar with Unknown Golf, check out unknowngolf.com. And if you uh, have any questions, feel free to uh, reach out to us here at OGL at unknowngolf.com. Or if you have comments, you have things you'd like to t us to talk about, hit us up there, let us know, or find us on Twitter, Twitter or uh, Instagram. I guess it's, is it really Twitter? Is it X? You know where it is, so find us there. Um, anyway, it's uh, the year's off to a great start. Man, we've got some exciting things happening. Um, the one thing that's not happening is my golf games. Too cold. Haven't really played. Uh, J-Dub hasn't played. Uh, we haven't had any great matches recently, but I've got some coming up I'm really excited about. Um, hopefully I can take J-Dub down. But anyway, right now we're going to talk to some friends of ours from Middle Tennessee State. Um, J-Dub will be here in just a second, and we're going to uh, have a great interview with our friends. I'll let them introduce themselves. So uh, um, let's bring that. Uh, let's bring those guys on, and let's get started. All right, so we're happy today here. J-Dub and I are uh, here with a couple of our friends from Middle Tennessee State, Coach Mark McIntyre. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having us. Friends is a loose, loose term, too, for him, at least. I was trying to be kind for all the yeah. listeners out yeah. there. For our other guest, he for really our other is a guest, friend. Yeah, really is a guest. Owen Stamper. Owen, welcome. Pleasure to be here, boys. This is your first trip to the uh, Unknown Golf Studios and Unknown Golf Headquarters here live in Rogers, Arkansas? It is. Nice day outside. You guys are enjoying your visit so far? So far, so good. It's been really nice. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now we're just going to you know, talk about a few random things. We had you guys in here. We thought we would uh, give it a shout today. So let me start out by Owen. You're, you're probably the best golfer in the room. Now we were talking earlier, arguably whether or not you're the best gambler in the room on the course, but I know that you're the best golfer in the room. So um, you're uh, you've got some national rankings right now, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. Sir. Where are you sitting right now? Talk uh, to me. Sit around 79 in the college rankings. Okay. Um, and That's, then 124 in the world for the amateur ranking. Right on. I demand a recount. I think you're better than that. But. Uh, uh, I think the most of the room does. <laughs> I feel like maybe my stats haven't gotten through an update. I don't. I have. I, I was scrolling through that the other day. I never found my name on the list. There's uh, a there's a di there's a different world ranking for the people that play special golf. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was probably on the wrong website. Yeah, I must you, have been you were on the net website. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, that's right. If I was on the net website, I might have a chance. I might give you a run for your money. That could be it. That could be it. And uh, Coach McIntyre, you've been, how long have you been in the golf business? 
golf business for a long time. This will be my fifth year at Middle Tennessee State. Um, before we got there, we were 12 years in Charleston, one year at LSU, and I played at the University of Texas. So already I hear a few th- reasons why we don't like you, but at least you got out. Um, you got away from those pesky longhorns. No, it's a good um, time to be a longhorn It's a pretty right good now. time to be a longhorn. That's right. And, uh, you know, in LSU and, uh, you know, now here you are at Middle Tennessee State. You're in a good area in Nashville. We are. Murfreesboro has been great for our family. Uh, Middle has been a fantastic spot for us. Uh, we're very excited to be there. We've got some great opportunities, good resources, and starting to get some really good players and um, really enjoying our time there. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so we were talking earlier. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background in terms of um, some of the golf that you've played and coached. I know you. there's a specific uh, championship you keep talking about that you had years ago. I don't want to miss the opportunity to let you mention that. On You know, I, I do want to say I, I did win the Texas-Oklahoma in 1994. Uh, you want to go back Whoa. and look at that. That was pretty good. I know Owen was not born at the time. A long time ago. Um, <laughs> but the persimmon, you know what, the rollback, we should talk about that in a minute, but they were, they were that was before the roll up. They were they were already back there at that time. That's correct. That's correct. Um, I, I did grab I did upgrade to a, a tailor made flex twist driver for that week, so I need to give a little love to tailor made that week because they definitely going from the Cleveland persimmon to that made a big difference. And maybe it was the one that got me over the hump. I wouldn't know what it's like, but a win's a win, right? A win's a win. I got a big trophy, and on the way home, I got to stop by Dairy Queen, have a chicken basket and a blizzard. Best get a dil- you didn't get a dilly ever. bar? No, 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 no. Best day ever. That's awesome. Full-fledged blizzard. Wow. That's that's it. That's right on. And then now, after that, what else have you been involved with? Yeah, we had a great – so from there, I went to the University of Texas. I played for five years, graduated with a degree in sports management, Uh, ran across some great players. I have the name of Brad Elder out of the Dallas area. Um, Was fortunate enough to play with uh, David Gossett, who won the U.S. Amateur in 1999, qualified for that tournament as well. Uh, Matt Dobbins, a local club pro, has won the club pro championship for a few years. Um, great time. It was a really good time. I think we got fifth in nationals, um, our junior or senior year. So it was a nice run. Um, but it's funny. I, we were playing at the big 12 championship at Carson Creek and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not at Carson Creek at uh, Prairie Dunes in Hutchinson, Kansas. And the day before our practice round, it was 70 degrees. It was great. The night before the first round, it was Big storm came, rained seven inches. It was 47 degrees. Um, I got paired with Hunter Haas and Charles Howe that <laughs> night at dinner. Uh, coach goes, what did you learn today? And I said, well, Coach, I learned that I'm not good enough to play professional golf. <laughs> uh, and the reason that I say that is I shot 74-76. I was in fourth place at the Big 12 Championship, 36 holes, and played 36 holes with Charles Howe. He hit, missed one green where he hit the flagstick on 17 with a five iron and went off. And shot 66, 66 was beating me by 10. And I said, coach, I just I need your contacts. We need to go to plan B. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. So, that, that worked out well for you though. Yeah, it worked out great. And, and I, I try and tell these guys, you know, and now as a college coach to, I was able to play with some great players. The most impressive player I played with in college was Adam Scott. Um, we played with him at Austin country club at our home event. And he was just working with Butch. His golf swing was absolutely incredible. Um, but just a good personality, just it was different. Um, also played with Luke Donald, Matt Kuchar, uh, preview a few years, and it was good. Um, but the thing that we've all seen kind of golf grow and change, and now these guys are just so good. They hit the ball so far. The equipment is so much better, the golf courses. And 
um, it'll be interesting to see where this you know, all ends up. You know, you were just talking about Adam, you, know, you and I got a chance to, we've played a couple of times together or whatever. If you, how did you think my swing and Adam's compare? They're pretty similar. You think, I mean, are they, did you see a lot of difference? I can answer that. You both have clubs. <laughs> We both have a nine iron. Yeah. Yeah. You know, D may, I love you to death, but uh, I got to say his is a little more on plane than yours. Right. Well, my, my, at one point, my clubs were on a plane. Uh, (laughs) You guys have that in common. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Oh, and so uh, how long have you been actually playing the game of golf? Uh, I I think I've played my whole life. Really. I don't really remember not playing. I played all sports growing up. Um, Just, play whatever I can do to compete, you know? And um, I think you were telling me earlier, uh, your dad was an athlete and a really good golfer. Yeah, he was. He he played baseball in college and then started playing golf pretty much every day once he got out when he could and came, I, I would say, a plus handicap. Can't confirm that, but he was a really good player. And then he just, I guess, kind of tagged along on the course with him. So it was really good. I asked this question a lot, and Mark, I'll come back and ask you the same question, but um, do you remember the first time you beat your dad? I don't remember the round. I do remember the summer, just kind of the chatter around our little small town country club of like, well, coach, has he beaten you yet? And then once I finally started beating him on a consistent basis, probably around the summer before seventh grade year, I think that's when it was, um, when I finally figured out how to actually play instead of just smacking it around. Uh, it just kind of got brought up in conversation. And then I was like, well, yeah, I am kind of beating him every time out now. And so that, that was just the new standard, you know, couldn't lose to him anymore. So exactly. The expectation was there. Oh yeah. Now when you and your dad play, um, do you, do you give him strokes? <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, I don't like giving shots. Um, you can set, you can set the game up other ways, but whoever shoots the lowest scores, you always win. Oh, I'll set the game up. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, hang, hang around. We'll teach you a few things too. I've got some ideas. Oh yeah. So Mark, uh, do you remember the uh, first time that you beat your dad? You know, D-May I do. And I remember very vividly. Um, I was 12 years old. We were playing Alliance Municipal um, in Austin, Texas, that the home course at the University of Texas played at or uh, has property on right now. Um and I shot 77, he shot 78, and on the way home, we drove through Dairy Queen, um, thought, let me get a chicken basket and a blizzard, and said, this will be the last meal I ever buy you. I cried the rest of the whole way home, and it's all been downhill since. Did he hold true to that? Thank God, no. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to miss many meals over here. That's right. Well, I thought, well, you've actually gotten really good at all the side games on the golf course then. Um, now, and you also have a... Uh, a son who's pretty avid golfer. I do. I have two. I have a uh, an eleven year old and a six year old. Eleven um, year old is a little bit more advanced, but they both love it. Um, they both have had a little bit of success. Uh, Ford just finished second in a Sneds event, the Little Tennessee Golf Association, uh, about two weeks ago. And then our six year old won the uh, three hole junior club championship at our, our club this summer. And the funny thing is, as soon as we got in the car, Ford did not win. Grayson did win. So as soon as we got in the car. Six-year-old looks over at him and says, Ford, where's your trophy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we got a little sibling rivalry going oh, yeah. right now. That's I great. love it. Now, do you have any expectation of, uh, I hear you guys talking about seventh grade, 12 years old. So like sixth grade, seventh grade time frame seems like an interesting time. Um, 
with Ford, do you think he's close to not taking you out? Uh, you know, he's got a long way to go. I can still yeah. chip in a putt a little bit better than he can. Oh, boy. Now, you but, do have uh, a, I do like that putter of yours. Oh, yeah, it's still good. The whole I, noticed, I noticed how you always say, hey, I can help you guys get what you want, except you certainly couldn't help us get a putter that to putt as good as you. I well, understand. That's, uh, I've seen him pick up a lot of putters and not many miss the hole, so. It's not just the putter. No, might be the guy it, holding it. I think it. it's the putty. Uh, there That's you go. Right. That's right. There you go. Now, if you guys play. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Quick answer. He wants a lot of tees. Yeah. I, I, I've tried to negotiate. If we, We've played from the same tee a couple times. Yeah. Obviously, it's gone his way. <laughs> but if I can get it up at about 64, 6,500 yards for about 12, 14 holes, it's a pretty good range. He makes a lot of pars. Makes a lot of pars. Forces you to make birdie, right? Birdie, birdies win. Birdies usually win. Yeah. And you're going to make a few birdies. I'm going to try to. I'm, yeah. I'm going to sneak one in there every now and then. I'll stuff a wedge on a par five and might get lucky and make a 30 footer. But uh, I've just been a golf coach too long and I just try and pour every hole. There's probably some wisdom in that for us. And I'm sure there's a lot of wisdom there. I'm just not smart enough to hear it. Well, but I think our I think our listener base probably will get that though. Yeah, <laughs> all of you out there, don't do what D-May does. Do what Coach tells you. Yeah, that's just what, that's par every hole. Par every hole. So, Coach, when you're when you're looking at players and you're trying to decide, like, okay, um, they they've got some game, they've had some success, they've got it. Like, what are what are all the things in addition to just pure talent that you're looking for in a in a golf player? You know, it's it changes. Um, as you guys know, with, with all the current stuff going on in golf, the guys are hitting the golf ball so far. Um, so the first thing that we're looking at is where does he stand, you know, from the tee? Is he a long guy? Um, is he, you know, in Owen's case, for example, I mean, he's one of the longest guys in college. So that's an advantage. We can't teach you how to hit straight or can't teach you how to hit far. Um, we can get some of the club manufacturers to help you hit it straighter. But from 360 yards off the tee, you're going to be better than a guy that's 275. Um, from there, guys that have feel, I like recruiting multi-athletes. Um, if you look at Owen again, um, soccer player. Or, sorry, he's dating soccer players. Um, no, no, well, no, you no, said no, players. No, you said play, wait. players. 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 Okay, we're getting some trouble here. That's, that's right. That's right. That, that was going to be the next podcast. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. But uh, just good athletes. You know, the game of golf, it, it's not just the old box guy. Now. I mean, you've got guys that are. If you look at Tiger's body and you look at Justin's body and all these guys, they're, they're trying to get as quick and as fast and as strong and as lean and as quick as they can um, to hit it as far as they possibly can. So distance is the, one of the things that we look at. You know, from there, um, after that, I like the team aspect. Um, I like guys that have been a part of a team because the way that we get to the national championship is team golf. So um, on the flip side of that, it is an individual sport, and the way that we run our program is we give each player their job, their role, their assignment. And as long as they do their job the best to their ability and uh, check all the boxes, the team ultimately wins in the end. Um, but again, it, it just changes. I mean, it changes all the time. Now they're talking about rolling back the golf ball, changing the technology, doing everything. So, you know, we used to have this was what we were always looking for, and now it just changes. And now with the NCAA portal, um, you know, you can go out and get somebody at the break if you need to. Um, so it just changes a lot. But biggest thing, distance, team guy. So, Owen, how's that uh, from your perspective? So you're out there, um, you know, you're, I'm assuming you're always the, the number one player usually on the, on the team. So your, your job is probably, I'm going to guess, your, one of his assignments is just win. 
probably. Got it. Just <laughs> win. Make par every hole. Yeah. Got it. Oh boy. Um, but, uh, um, you know, when you're out there competing, obviously any player wants to play and win, do the best they can. You're not, not trying to, to do that, but what's that element at the same time of, of trying to accomplish your goal and also either actively or inwardly cheering on your teammates and watching yourself, watching that team aspect on the board. Yeah. I mean, we've, me and Mac have always talked about if, if I'm not the best finisher on the team throughout the week and I've had a good week, that's such a big win for the team. You know, I don't, I don't, I, that's a bad way to phrase it. I do care if I lose the guys on the team, like I want to beat them more than anybody, but if they beat me, I'm happy for them. And I'm happy for the team because the more the team success we have, that's how we advance in college golf. Um, from a personal standpoint, I, I just try to hit every shot to the best of my ability where it lays and how I've grown in college golf. And he's been a big part of it is if you get in a tough spot. Don't try to hit the hero shot unless you have to just pitch out, try to get up and down for par, make a bogey, go on. You can make up, you takes one hole to erase a bogey. It takes a lot of holes to erase a nine. Um, most of the time you can't erase them. So just from our standpoint is you just try to, give yourself the best opportunity to make the best score you can on the hole. I mean, that's the whole essence of golf, getting the hole as quick as possible. But when you are in trouble, take a step back and look at it from a team's perspective. Like five doesn't hurt the team here, but seven does. So still give your chance, still give yourself a chance to compete and to make the best score possible on the hole. But it's not, it's not all always all in, you know, sometimes you have to lay back and just take your mess and go on with it. What's the worst score oh boy. you've ever made in a collegiate golf tournament? Um, coach watched it every shot of it actually. Um, <laughs> made a made a solid. Was it an eight or a nine? It was nine, Bob. Okay, yeah. it was a nine. It was a it nine. Was nine. Um, it was a nine. It was a nine. On, As you were at, what three or four under par? I was five under. Five under, um, leading the NCAA regional at Clemson with a double previously in the round. Yes, um, that was a roller coaster round. But yeah, I made a nine. Um, Hold the tee shot a little bit and uh, spent a little bit too much time in the woods. It wasn't hunting season yet, and I thought it was. So <laughs> I think I think I hit things I, think, I can relate to for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I think, right. I, I think I took a whack at it three times in the woods before ultimately having to take a drop. About I was on on the next hole's on, green. On the next hole's green, that's right. <laughs> and then I proceeded to dump that blind shot into a bunker and didn't get it up and down. Yeah, so I got put on the clock on that hole too. Being by curious, took me forty three <laughs> minutes to play that golf hole. Um, <laughs> and, takes, it didn't, and it didn't help that the guy timing us was a Murfreesboro guy, so he was it made it even worse. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, I, so nine. <laughs> well, so this is just a quick side note, but. I was recently at a, uh, um, I mean, we, we ran a thing for unknown golf in the uh, Carolinas at the Carolinas PGA sectional in Pinehurst. And it was a pro pro um, two person best ball. And so these guys came up and they were pretty, you know, they were pretty jovial overall. Um, but they were, they kept alluding to, you know, some score or whatever. And so to set it up, they were on 17 holes. Their best ball was one under. No, sorry. 
17 holes, their best, they were like five or six under. I forget what it was. Okay. They had one hole. Their best ball was an 11. (laughs) (laughs) And they wouldn't even tell me. They said, just go over and look at our scorecard on hole number 10. I like, we can't talk about it. Things that Mike Fowler and I can relate to for 200, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about when they showed me that, Justin, I was thinking about when you and I played in that, uh, that chili scramble thing earlier in the year (laughs) and we're on this par five and we absolutely for us, I don't remember who it was, but one of us just bombs a really good drive on this par five and we're in perfect shape. Um, we just have to take it over this, this little edge corner of some trees and houses. Not a, not a, not a incredibly difficult, not overly difficult with the, with the situation. With the situation where we were at, no, it wasn't that hard of a shot. And it wasn't that long. I think it was only like playing like 210, 220. I mean, it was, it was fine. And so Justin goes first and he's like, and he hits it really good. About 30 yards right of the target out on the front lawn of one of the houses. <laughs> so I'm like, well, no problem. I got us here. It's no big deal. I'm just going to be a little less aggressive and aim a little further over here. So I proceed to set one next to the ball that he had just hit (laughs) in the front yard. So then now we're a little rattled. This is a two person scramble, by the way. So we're taking a drop. Yeah. So we're taking, we're taking a penalty stroke (laughs) drop. uh, Yes. He proceeds to put a third ball next to those two (laughs) sleeve. That's we call that advertising. We now now have a sleeve out there in the front, in this guy's front yard. And I'm looking and I'm like, I'm literally going to have to hit like a, we can't have four over here. So I think I hit like a wedge or a nine, nine, just straight out over. And so we'll just try to, uh, I think we ended up making a double bogey and it was, uh, it, it was a disaster. So I, you know, by the way, I should also mention that we were playing in this event that had like 24, 24 inch cups. So we're taking a double bogey on a par five <laughs> we, with a 24 inch cup. machines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two versus cram. Uh, okay. So Owen. Let's let's get off of this nine. Clearly, your coach remembers this nine very distinctly, like it literally just happened. Um, best round in competition? 63. Where at? It was the Kentucky Junior Stadium at Maywood Country Club, Bardstown. And best round ever? <laughs> um, that was the first round I worked for. Yeah, yeah. We were one for one on that. Um, yeah, he, he saw it 63, and I think that sealed the deal there. But, uh, yeah. Best round ever. Was that it? Did that yeah. get it done for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best round ever would be 56. Shot it twice. Um, little nine, was this a nine-hole or 11-hole course? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nine-hole course. Play it twice, though, up in Scottsdale, oh. Scottsdale Country Club, where I learned how to play golf. Um, par 70. And I don't I don't know if anybody that knows the greens like I do out there and distance helps because it's, it's a very short course. We'll say that. Um, but, yeah, that was – I don't care who you are. That's that's real golf. Things I do not know and haven't experienced for <laughs> You can go higher than a hundred on that yeah. one. It was uh it was kind of a it was we didn't even mean to play that day. It was Thanksgiving morning and it was worked out. My core group of friends up there. We uh didn't have anything until lunch for Thanksgiving and they're like, Well, let's go play real quick and I think I shot twenty eight on the front and I was like, Well, we got time, let's just see if I can get fifty six because fifty seven was the previous record and I I'd shot 57 just it was burning a hole in my pocket i mean i'd shot so many times 
And so we find we were just keeping going and it just happened. I had like a 15 footer for birdie on the last and nobody was talking, of course. And I was like, why are we not talking? And we've been talking all day and we all knew what it was for. And you knew. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely knew. Uh, got lucky. It caught the right corner and dropped in. So a little Thanksgiving special. I hope you played Vegas that day. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Funny enough, we, we were playing Vegas that day. So it was it wasn't good for two of my friends, but my other friend on my team who shot a smooth 70, uh, he enjoyed it. So <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Um all right. So you one thing that struck me, there's two two more topics I want to hit on that you've we've broached a little bit. So number one is this idea of of team golf. There's a lot of conversation. J-Dub and I don't get a lot into some of the things that are happening at, in at higher levels, but this is certainly one that I think the everyday golfer sitting around talking about everyday golf stuff sometimes debate. So I'm curious your takes on it. Um, this idea of team golf where I hear some people in media or in in professional golf or whatever talk about, um, you know, Nobody cares about team golf. It's not important. Yet I look and I see what we run on unknown golf and I see what J-Dub and I play in our own things. And everything we play for the most part is team golf, best balls, scrambles, Vegas, Vegas, like all the hammer, everything is centered around these team aspects in the amateur levels and even at the college levels. And then suddenly um, they get to pro and most people say, well, Nobody cares about team golf. I'm like, well, everybody plays team golf. So then this this uh, new tour comes out and has a major push on team golf. So I'm just curious, you know, without diving too deep into anything, how you guys feel about live golf? Live golf has a lot of interesting um, different moving parts. I, I do think the team golf is a good aspect to have. Um, golf is – one of the only sports that it's it's individual. It's you. It's all or nothing. Um, when you do have a team to play for, you have more pride, and that six footer on the last means more um, because you're not just letting yourself down. You're letting other guys that you care about down. Uh, several of the live guys say it's been good to be back in that team atmosphere, and they've enjoyed it. And you've got some friends on live tour, not close friends, but I do know a couple guys. Yeah, um, but we're not we're not yeah. close. But yeah, yeah. Just in conversation, they've talked a lot about how it almost frees them up more times than not. Um, and I feel the same way out on college tours compared to the summers or the amateur tournaments because if I go out and shoot 75 in a college tournament, I know that there's four other guys that have my back. And I go do that on my own. It's like, well, that was fun. <laughs> on to the next. On to the next. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If Liv offered you a hundred million right now, would you be willing to consider it? As his agent, yes, yes, we accept. <laughs> yeah, where's, where's, where's the pen? Where's the pen? Uh, coach, you know what? So our home facility and our home golf club is the Grove in uh, College Grove, Tennessee. It's fantastic. It's the best golf course in Tennessee, and we just sold to the Escalante Group, and they are going to put a live event there in June. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, I feel like the live golf is the transition that golf is headed now. It's fun. It's music. It's loud. Um, and I'm just excited to see. And, you know, for this generation, for these guys, I mean, it's life changing money. 
And, um, you know, if these young guys, any one of them get a part of it, you know, Owen's going to play professional golf. And if the live wants to sign him for 20 or $30 million, that changes his life. Absolutely. Correct. So um, I think you'll see a little bit more of this generation kind of leaning towards that. And um, I'm excited to see what happens with it. You know, I'm uh, I'm not going to break any confidence on the on the podcast, but I do have a friend that's a captain of one of the Live teams, and uh, I was a little confused when Live came out and and didn't really understand kind of what they were doing. But I had a conversation with him one day, and and his rationale of why he made the leap like it makes as a as a business person like that makes perfect sense to me. But the more that we began to talk, even outside that conversation over time, one of the things that he mentioned is is the is the team aspect of golf. And this goes back to, we were talking about this at, at lunch today. You know, I have a theory why the United States performs so terribly bad at international Ryder Cups. I think it's, it goes back to the, the nature that we live in today. So much is so much emphasis is put on self instant gratification, you know, and people ex- have the expectation of what's going to better me and what's going to better me now. And that's my pet peeve. Because in the real world, that's not how it works. I don't care what you do. I don't care what individual you are. There's no way in the world that you could go through life and not have to have partners to be successful, whatever you are doing, whether that be creating a family. You can't do that on your own, you know? So so I think it goes back, like, to, to college golf. I think we were talking about that a little bit earlier, that, that um, you know, so many people that go play college golf aspire to be pros, but the statistics say that that's just not the case. Well, if you get out in the real world, there's no way that you can do that. But even if you do, there are certain aspects of your life where that you have to be a team player in order for it to function. That's part of what I do like about the the live tour is the team aspect of that. Cause I think that's a lost art. And the fun, you know, you mentioned that too. I mean, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, when we're out playing where it is, we're, we've got some element of team golf going on, whether we're playing Wolf or we're playing Vegas or we're playing some kind of team uh, aspect of it. Um, in most cases, um, we usually got some music going and I'll tell you the other thing. Um, a lot of people make fun of it, but um, in the style, but you know, uh, I, I watch a live event and I do like to watch those sometimes. I don't watch a lot of golf on the TV unless it's majors, but I probably prefer to watch a live event over most of the others, honestly. And when you get that, um, it's like, okay, well, they come on and about five hours later, it's over with. And you've seen the entire thing. You've, it's nonstop golf all the time. And the professional tournament, it's like, it's on all day. And I'll say it'll start over on golf channel and then it'll end up over on ESPN or ABC or somewhere else. And you just have to chase it around all day. I'm like, man, can't they just hurry this thing up a little bit? You know? So I kind of like the aspect of making it a little bit more, uh, easy to consume in a timely fashion versus having to to drag it out. Now, I don't know how it is for a player, but it seems like from a player standpoint, especially Owen, like where you play in all these big events, if you could just sort of prepare and be concentrated in a time, it seems like it'd be re- easier for you to get mentally ready for the day without having to kind of, in some cases, wake up at 7 or 8 a.m. and you don't tee off till it's 1 p.m. difference between the morning wave and the afternoon That's wave right. and weather changing. That's right. Yeah, so... Uh, anyway, I think it's kind of cool. All right, well, where does uh, as we as we wrap up, where does season stand? So we're in the, at the end of the fall season. We're ranked fifty third in the country. We had a great fall. Uh, we have Owen, who's on the Haskins Awards list, uh, watch list, which is the Heisman for college golf. So to have an MTSU player in that, we're very excited about that. 
what spring holds for us is a lot of really good golf. We're going to open up in Vegas at the end of February. Uh, we've got a tournament in South Carolina at Colleton River, hosted by Michigan State, the first week in March. And then we've played our honey hole uh, the next three tournaments. We've gone to the Shinkle in Statesboro, Georgia, probably one of my favorite tournaments, if not my favorite golf tournament of the year. Um, then we go to Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and then we head into postseason. So schedule's great. It's a Power 5 schedule. Uh, we're going to go out and get after it. Get another automatic bid for regionals and see if we can get us and uh, unknown golf to the national championship. Let's go. Unknown golf is definitely ready. We're ready to play. Challenge accepted. That's right. <laughs> well, make sure that, uh, you know, in the, in your side action, I know Owen, you do this uh, some, but make sure you guys are checking out some of the new things in unknown. We've got, uh, we just rolled GPS out. So make sure if you're, if you're trying to figure out after you hit it 380, <laughs> you know, how far you have in um, GPS can, can guide you right there. Um, we've got a bunch of new things coming out about how you run all your side bets and side games for those Skittles. Obviously um, I don't know what everybody out there is thinking. We're talking about Skittles is what we're talking about. That's what we play for. And um, good luck to you guys. Good luck to middle Tennessee state. Owen, good luck to you and your teammates and my teammates and your teammates. Um, so, uh, I appreciate you guys stopping by the Unknown Golf headquarters and taking a little time to talk to us. I appreciate you having us on. Good luck to you. Never forget where that press button is. Don't remember, but there's a press button there. (laughs) 